is an Odyssey original. This is KDX in Depth. I'm Rob Archer. I'm Charles Feldman. Well, enjoy the May gray while you can. We could be in for a really scorching summer. Multivitamins might help your memory. What was that? <laughs> and gods, I hope we don't forget to do this segment later in the show. <laughs> uh, the new action series Bar is out on Netflix with Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're going to talk to one of his co-stars whose own celebrity status is on the rise. But we start with the uh, prediction of a hotter-than-usual summer for Southern California. Eric Bolt is a warning coordination meteorologist for the National Weather Service. Also with us is Sean Hyatt, who is an energy sector expert and professor at the USC Marshall School of Business. Both of you, thanks for being with us. Thank you. So, uh, Eric, uh, this is going to sound like the setup for a, a, a joke, but how hot will it be? I wish I had the right answer for that one. Uh, so the forecast for the summer is looking above normal. And what does that mean? So it's a combination of the low temperatures and high temperatures, put them all together. And after three months, we should be above normal overall. So that's not a big surprise. We've seen this year after year during the summer. But if we if we see it year after year in the summer, then isn't it now almost by definition normal? We we try not to call it a new normal. It's, it seems like our normals keep getting more extreme. So we but every year this century, pretty much we're sitting we're we're breaking records. We're hitting new highs, uh, even more than just a California. Uh, uh, scale, we're looking at global temperatures increasing year after year. The other important thing we're watching this year is the development of El Nino. That brings warmer uh, ocean temperatures and likelihood of, of warming across the land as well, especially as we get later in the summer and into the fall. All right, Sean, so we got to look at the uh, the infrastructure uh, part of this uh we hear that because we've had so much extra rainfall and snow melt that uh, our energy problems were probably going to be okay. But, you know, we're talking like a really hot summer and air conditioning use is going to go through the roof, so to speak. Uh, we're going to have that. Also, we've got more electric cars plugged into the grid. Is the grid going to be able to handle the power? And then if you factor in more forest fires uh, and wildfires that would get burning up some of our uh, transmission lines, uh, are we in for a hell of a time? Well, if all of those happen at the same time, <laughs> so let, let me parse this out, though. I think if holding our generation capacity constant right now, and just even looking at the last three years average of both our energy imports and what we're generating, I think we're going into this summer in a very good position to avoid brown and blackouts just because we're at 235% of snowpack right now of normal. If we look at our reservoirs, we're at 107% of historical average, so about 82% are filled. And with this snow melt, we will be over 100% in these reservoirs. What this means is that our hydropower generation is going to more than triple in the state from about average. Last three years, it's been pretty low because of the drought of like 13,000 gigawatt hours to 44, 45,000 gigawatt hours. Now, even if we were to reduce our imports of hydro, say from like the Northwest to what they were seven, eight years ago, 
we would still have an extra 20,000 gigawatts of electricity. So, I mean, holding, you know, that, that uh, barring that CARB doesn't close any more gas peaker plants and natural gas plants and the Diablo Canyon doesn't have some sort of meltdown, I think we're going to be in a pretty good position. Okay, Eric, um, other than the power grid, there are other things that people need to adjust to, right? Uh, if we are going to get, not if, we are, getting increasingly warm weather, especially in the summertime here in Southern California. What are some of the things that people really need to, to understand as we are right in the middle of a, of a clear change in our climate? They need to understand that heat is the number one killer across the country. This, this kills more people than any other weather phenomena. So heat is, it doesn't look like it's a dangerous thing, but if you're exposed to the sun, if it's really hot, if you're not taking the right precautions, it can be deadly. So we need to be aware of that. You know, right now the summer is looking pretty good to start. Like we've, we've heard about the snowpack, uh, our temperatures have been rather cool so far this, uh, this spring and early summer. June is not looking all that bad yet, but later in the summer, we're likely to see heat waves like we do every year. And last year, if you recall, we had a heat wave that lasted 10 days. If we have something like that again coming up in the fall this year, we have to be prepared for these long duration, uh, very uh, impactful heat events that could uh, hit our region. All right. Uh, we want to thank our guests there, Eric Bolt, uh, Warning Coordination Meteorologist for the National Weather Service, also Sean Hyatt, energy sector expert and also professor at the USC Marshall School of Business. Still ahead, we're going to get in on the down uh, uh, the uh, downstairs of a new actor who, if you don't know who he is today, you will very soon. That's because he's in a new Netflix series with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who's back. Yes, but but actually, as he promised, yes, but but on TV, which is yeah. different for him. Exactly. It's yeah. like a first. He's got to fit his entire body into a right, TV screen. into a small, flat TV screen. He's not used to that. No. Right now, though, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said yesterday he's running for president during a chaotic and that's to put it mildly announcement on Twitter hosted by Elon Musk. Marianne Alfaro is a reporter for The Washington Post and co-anchor. For Post Politics Now, Mariana, thanks for being with us. Hi, thanks for having me. So that was, uh, how could one put it diplomatically? A fiasco. Uh, I guess that's the most yes. I can come up with yesterday on, on Twitter. Does anybody know mm -hmm. what happened? I mean, I, I you know, Twitter is not known for its video or audio presentations, it, it, yeah. it, right? So is that what it was? Was it just that they didn't know what they were doing? I think it definitely was a combination of uh, Twitter not being known for this kind of product, but also the fact that uh, since Musk took over the company, he's gotten you know rid of a lot of employees who kind of did this kind of work. You know, they kept spaces going, they kept all the different little features that Twitter has up and and running. And I think that we could tell that the capacity wasn't there yesterday to kind of uphold uh, an online event of this magnitude. And there was also the other thing: once they did get this thing working, which took quite a bit of effort. Uh, mm -hmm. that even after, you know, Ron DeSantis gave a spiel and said, you know, I'm, I'm on the war against woke and we're going to whatever. Uh, then the conversation kind of devolved into Elon Musk and uh, his kind of fanboys talking to him. And Ron DeSantis mm -hmm. kind of got pushed to the back of the room. Uh, even mm -hmm. even if this technical event went off as it was designed to do, that still would have been bad, wouldn't it? Have? 
Yeah, it was that kind of thing where it took away the spotlight from DeSantis and into, you know, what Musk has been doing for the last few months of just promoting himself and his own brand and his, you know, takeover Twitter. And he, he a, a very big point he made last night was uh, pointing out that uh, free speech is back on Twitter, that he's like taking over in order to give all of these like controversial opinions of space to be said out loud. And um, I think it made a lot of people be like, is that really what's happening here? Or are you just kind of looking for a platform where a lot of these like right wing conservative uh, voices can come up just because they're your fan base? Can Ron DeSantis recover from that disastrous premiere? Uh, I think he could definitely try to spin it. I think we're already on day two and he's already making headlines for other things. I mean, right now we just wrote a story about how he's saying that he would look into potentially pardoning some January 6th defendants. Like he's going to keep making headlines in different ways. Uh, but it definitely, I don't think, was the campaign launch that he might have originally envisioned. I mean, we've seen a few more traditional 2024 candidates already uh, launch campaigns on on stages, on you know TV shows, on radio shows, but not on Twitter. And so I think... Um, you know, he didn't, he made a splash, but maybe it wasn't a splash he wanted to make. He was later on Fox News uh, to talk about his campaign launch. And even Fox News teased the the announcement or, or his appearance by saying, well, you can hear him and see him here, even though, you know, <laughs> you didn't get that on Twitter. Didn't get to hear him that much. It's also, uh, let's be honest, Trump without the showmanship. Because uh, love him or hate him, Trump puts on a show, and that does yeah. attract a lot of, especially his uh, diehard fans to him, is because mm-hmm. they're there for the show. Uh, Ron DeSantis doesn't really have a show to offer, does he? No, we haven't seen that much from him. Actually, we haven't really seen a show from any of the other candidates that are not named Trump. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how much he's willing to sacrifice the more moderate, the more like um, the, the Republican base that's tired of the Trump show. Um, in order to get the, the Republican base that loves the Trump show, um, you know, a lot of these Republican candidates have leaned way more into the Trumpier, MAGA-ier side of the party uh, just because they know that they can't uh, offer them what Trump does in showmanship, but they can offer him, offer them the same kind of, you know, out there proposals, very, um, uh, you know, kind of proposals that are definitely alienating the more moderate base and also just Democrats who might have at one point voted Republican. So it's interesting to see how much they're willing to sacrifice in order to make up for the fact that they're never going to have um, the the charisma and the and the show that Trump puts on. All right, Mariana Alfaro uh, is a reporter. Did I say that right? The reporter for the Washington Post, co-anchor for Post Politics Now. And coming up, have you heard about the new Netflix show Fubar with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Mm. Remember him, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's out now, and we will be talking to one of his co-stars. All right. Right now, though, a new study looks into whether a multivitamin can improve an older person's memory. Adam Brickman is the lead author of a study and professor of neuropsychology at Columbia University. Thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Now, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, multivitamins uh, uh, it, helping your memory. How how does a multivitamin help someone's memory? What does it do to your brain? Well, we're not exactly sure what the mechanism is, but what our study showed was that when we gave uh, older adults uh, a multivitamin um, over a year, uh, their memory improved relative to people who were taking a placebo or a sugar pill. And so we think that um, with aging, there's some nutrient deficiencies that happen that are subtle, and the supplements might help uh, uh, supplement those uh, uh, deficiencies and improve memory. 
It, to what degree, though, is it a a clinically significant effect? I mean, statistically, I get it. it. It probably, on paper anyway, looks significant. But is it the kind of thing that the average person would notice? That's a great question. Um, the effect of, of the intervention or the treatment was very small indeed. But we estimated that it was equivalent to about three years of cognitive aging. So it, it seemed to rescue, on average, about three years of cognitive aging. You might not feel it individually, but it, it certainly seems to be one factor that changes the course of our memory change with age. Now, multivitamins are a big business. Did, did any of these multivitamin companies put up any money for this study? Um, the no money was provided by the manufacturers of, of Centrum in this study, um, but they did provide some support. They gave us the pills to use and, and some of the placebo and packaging that was involved. Right. So if someone is worried about their memory and they say, I'm going to start taking multivitamins, uh, they could also even make that effect greater if they also, you know, do the normal things we're supposed to do, eat well, get plenty of sleep, get some exercise, right? Right. We certainly wouldn't recommend that multivitamin is a substitute for a healthy lifestyle. So we certainly recommend always to have a healthy diet, to try to engage in ex exercise if possible, get plenty of sleep, all of those things. Uh, let me ask you, and, and, and I presume you know, but maybe not. I, I mean, the people who were involved in the study, did these people enter the study with some sort of vitamin deficiency to begin with so that by taking the multi, they were now going up to what would be considered a normal level. And, and the second part of that question is, by definition, a multivitamin has many different elements, right, vitamins, minerals. How do we know which vitamins uh, and in what combination actually works? The people in the study were, were not selected because of a vitamin deficiency. So these were just typical older adults, um, not selected for those reasons. Um, and the, to answer your second question, we're really not sure. You know, multivitamin contains a lot of different compounds, B12, vitamin A, riboflavin, thiamine, manganese, among others. Um, so we, our study wasn't designed to really isolate which factor, which combination of nutrients or, or vitamins um, drove the effect. Um, so we're really not sure what the exact mechanism is, but we did just study a typical uh, multivitamin that's, that's widely available. All right, so it helps older people with, uh, you know, uh, keeping control of memory a little bit longer, uh, add some more memory power to you. Does it also help if you're a younger person and you start taking multivitamins, say, in your 20s and 30s? That's a great question and, and one that could be answered with future studies. The, the people in, included in our study were all over age 60, so we really don't know the answer to that yet. And and I guess because you had a multivitamin from one company, I mean, there are different formulations, and this goes back to the question of which you know individual elements might have contributed. So we don't really know from the study if a particular multivitamin, because they're not all the same, right, and they all have different strengths of their individual components. Uh, so we don't really know that, do we? We don't know the answer to that. Like I said, we, we happen to use Centrum in this in this particular study because it's widely available and we know that it's relatively safer. It is safe uh, and lots of people use it already. Um, we don't really have any real reason to believe that other multivitamins that are equally safe and, and approved uh, would have differential effects. But you're right. We only studied one particular multivitamin in this particular study. One quick last question. Uh, based on the study, I, I don't know if you take a multivitamin, but based on the study, if you didn't before, are you now? 
Well, I do take a multivitamin. Um, and what I would say to your listeners is that if you're if you're not taking a multivitamin and you're thinking about it, it's always good to discuss those types of things with your doctor. Ah, there you go. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Adam Brickman, lead author of the study uh, that we're talking about, professor of neuropsychology at Columbia University. You're listening to KNX In-Depth along with Rob Archer. I'm Charles Feldman. If you have not heard yet or seen actor Travis Van Winkle, you probably have and didn't know it yet, but uh, you're getting in on the ground floor of somebody's going to be a huge star one day, and we're going to be able to say, we knew him when. And it and it's not we when and it's not, I, I don't know what that means I love it. 20, I haven't taken my multivitamin, so I don't know what I'm doing. Twenty yeah. years into the game, <laughs> he uh, he plays a big. That was him, by the way. He plays a big role in the new Netflix series Fubar that uh, dropped today. It's the new action series that stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. We all remember Arnold, don't we? Uh, Travis also does a lot of work with the Big Brothers Big Sisters organization, as well as Build On, which constructs schools across the world, which is fascinating. And we will get into that. Thanks for being with us. It's a pleasure to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to start off by instead of asking you the the obvious question, well, what was it like to work with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Because I haven't heard that question yet at all. I, I'm in sure press you okay, you've I'm never sure gotten that before. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to ask it from a different in a different way. What do you think it was like for Arnold Schwarzenegger to work with you? Now we're talking. Now we are talking. Thank you. No one has asked me that question there yet. There you go. Um, I, I don't know. I don't even know if he remembers my name. Uh, oh. So I should probably wear a name tag around him. Um, you know, he is such a, a, a playful, generous guy. Like right out of the gate, he's approachable. He's kind. And he his love language is, is just poking fun and having a good time. So... How his experience with me was probably me being like, "Hey, Arnold, like me? You're Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do you like me?" Yeah, but see, he might have been thinking the same thing about you. He says, "I need this Travis guy to like me." But but, but, but did it it, it, uh, somehow impact your acting, though? I mean, because you you want him to like you, right? You want Arnold to to like you, Uh, and I get that. But did that then sort of have a subtle, and maybe not so subtle, impact on how you do your job? You know, Arnold is excellence personified. Everything he's ever wanted in his life, he's been able to achieve. And so the way he shows up, it's just bigger than life. And being around someone like that, you can't help but want to do your best to elevate your own game. So with him just being him, he elevates everyone around him. Mm. And you can feel that. You know, Mm. he's one of the most iconic men to have ever walked the earth. And he's aging well. Very. Yeah. You know, uh, so it was was a great time to be on set because... It was just, it was a really creative atmosphere, and he's hes a funny guy. He's hilarious, and, mm. and a lot of people don't know, Lucille Ball was one of his original mentors. Wow, Lucille Ball? I did Lucille not know Lucille Ball that. brought him on to her show as a Austrian masseuse. That was his first time being on television. Really? I didn't know that. Yep. Wow. All and right. He's always been funny. So when people watch the show FUBAR, I know what's going to happen. They're going to be watching the show they, because they, they heard you on in-depth because, you know, we're a big, big radio show. And uh, they're going to watch the show, and they're going to see you, and they go, oh, that guy, I know him from that other show. So tell people what other shows that people would know you from. Yeah, because I, I always we've seen my you resume. all over the place. For sure. Well, it was yeah. you, um, right? I, I, um, and not you, you, but you. It was me. It was you and you. You know, I um, June 5th is my 20 years being wow. an actor. And I, I'm really proud of that. It's Part of this business is longevity. The longer you can stay in it, the more chance you have to actually make it. And 20 years is an accomplishment. I'm really proud of that. I've been 
in a show called You on Netflix. I was on a series called The Last Ship for five seasons that actually predicted the pandemic, mm -hmm. the Michael Bay action show on TNT. And That's the, better than our health people did. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and by the way, uh, You, which is a fantastic show, if you haven't had a chance to see it, also yeah, on Netflix now, it, it's a great show. So it's, uh, it's check a wild it out. ride that yeah. show, and it's yeah. dark and it's satirical and it's dark it's and funny. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, so tell us what what Fubar and, and for those who don't know, I can't unfortunately because it's radio. I can't say exactly what it is, but fill in the blank. It it, it it's an acronym and it stands for blank uh, uh, fudged up, up fudged up beyond yeah, up yeah beyond repair or something like that. Right. Basically, that it was uh, it was a term that was invented in the military, and they yeah. use it to use when they're on a mission that goes horribly wrong. Horribly wrong, okay. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about the show and what part you play in it. So the show is about Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's getting out of the CIA. We're all partners. We're all operatives, and he's retiring because he's an old guy, and we give him a lot of crap for being old. And he gets pulled back in because there's a mission. He has to go uh, save someone. You know, we've, we've, we've seen this storyline before, but then it gets a little bit different as we go on. But he ends up finding out that his daughter is actually secretly in the CIA, and we then all go on missions together, and it's we're basically a big dysfunctional family trying to save <laughs> the world. And my character is Alden, and he is he's a wise ass. He's he's he knows all sorts of different languages. He's a linguist, mm -hmm. and he is distracted by beauty, and he uses whatever sex appeal he may have to uh, go on missions and woo the women. They call it honey potting. <laughs> Oh, um, you're the honeypot. I'm the honeypot. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So they, they call so, me Pooh Bear. So that so that must have been a very uh downer role to play, I would think. You know <laughs> pretty boring stuff on set, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean who wants to do that? So, so you're a CIA agent in this. I am, and I'm partners with Fortune Feemster. She plays Rue and her and I just get to be frickin' frack. Now, we're like peanut right. butter and jelly, macaroni um, and cheese. And uh, you know, we were talking about that we were Talking briefly about uh, working out and stuff and, and uh, how you, you maybe got some workout tips or some vibes from Arnold Schwarzenegger. But we also talked about something that uh, you say a lot of people have trouble with and even you had trouble with. And that's when you're working out, being consistent with it. But th that's not just for workouts. That's for anything that you want to accomplish in your life. So how has that helped you in your profession, this consistency of what do you need to push yourself to do every day? like you're saying, is important in, in every area of our lives. I think what I've been doing my best to be consistent with recently is focusing on mental health. I've I've set a regimen for May, and, you know, maybe it'll change for June, but for all of May, I wake up and I take a freezing shower. I meditate. Well, you I lost me. You lost me yeah, there. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, the hard. freezing part. I'll do breath work yeah. for 10 minutes, and right. then I'll journal for 10 minutes, and I'll have a glass of, of water with a lemon inside. And so basically... That's been my morning routine just to keep myself attuned and, and ready to roll for the day. And, yeah, consistency in anything, whether it's the gym, whether it's in your relationship, whether it's, you know, being a good doggy dad, whether it's in your career, consistency will get you the results that you want. Yeah, we should mention uh, that your reference to doggy dad, your, your dog <laughs> is with us. Uh, and how old is she? She's three. Her birthday's Valentine's Day. And what kind of dog is? She's asleep. She's she, sleeping. I mean, she's. I think she's. She sneaks sedatives because she's such a calm <laughs> very, dog. Just very she's, zen. A very zen dog. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, her name's Karen, and she's a double doodle. So she's a labradoodle and a golden doodle. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. And Two she's doodles. been doodled a lot. A duo doodle. Does she work out with doodle. you? Uh, she'll, uh, you know, accompany me, and yeah. you know, sometimes to the gym. Well, she's she's well behaved. Yeah. Wow. Let's talk a little bit about Big Brothers Big Sisters and and what that is and what you do. 
Big Brothers, Big Sisters is a mentorship program. Uh, Los Angeles has a program. Mo- most big cities around the U.S. Um, do as well. And basically, the littles, anyone from 6 to 16, and they basically age out of the pro- program at 18, uh, they um, come from all different kind of socioeconomic backgrounds, sometimes below the poverty line, sometimes having uh, one or both parents incarcerated. They are looking to find a mentor to show them and uh, just a different perspective in life. And as a mentor, it's, it is such a nominal time commitment for a life-changing impact. You have one-year commitment, six to eight hours a month. That's really not that big of a commitment, and you can change and transform someone's life. And what's beautiful about mentorship is when you're being a mentor for someone, they're actually serving you in the same way that, that you're giving back to them. And so it's this beautiful, you know, symbiotic relationship that's created. And what special talent do you need to be a mentor? Uh, you have to be a good listener. Right. Uh, you have to, um, you know, want to help and, and, and you know, uh, pay it forward, and you wanna. You have to be able to go on cool dates. Basically, I took my my little brother skateboarding in Venice. We drove up to Los Angeles uh, forests and we touched snow for the first time. We went trick or treating in some of the affluent neighborhoods in in Burbank. You know, you just you get to you, you have to be able to have fun and uh, go with the flow of whatever your little wants to wants to do. Are they, do they get impressed when they see you on a TV show? No, I mean lyric. I don't know if he gets impressed. He's a musician. So actually he, I showed him how to play a couple chords on my guitar. And this is pretty early on in our relationship. I met him when he was 11 turning 12. He's now 24. Uh, very early on, I showed him a couple chords on my guitar and he c- took a liking to it. And so eventually I bought him one and then he became a musician. He now oh. loves music. He can play so you, every that's instrument. That's the life change you're talking about. And you, that wasn't even yeah. me trying to change his life. I was just, we were just hanging out and you know, I happened to see something that he gravitated towards and, yeah, it's uh, so he kind of he he's also he loves acting, he's a performer, so he's not too impressed with the stuff that I do. But he's, I think it it, it could possibly inspire him to want to uh, do that himself. What about because other than that, you also are is that right? You're building or you help build schools? Yeah, so I work with an organization called Build On, right. and Build On is an incredible nonprofit organization that builds schools in the redeveloping world. They've built over 2,500 schools now. They've been around for 30 years. They also have a domestic program. Uh, it's an after-school program where they empower kids to be of service in their communities. And then they take these kids to go build schools across the world. So it's this, this great program. And you, they also have the international school building program where you and I, we could all raise some money and go build a school. You live with the family for two weeks. Hmm. And it's all about cultural exchange. And you build the foundation of a school together. And, you know, what's really beautiful is education is it's a human right, and having access to education and being able to go to school really creates a pathway to really positive change and generational change. And it's really important for me, I think, to be useful with this life that I've been given, and I want to be part of the solution and, and build on is really carved away for that. Same with Big Brother and Big Sister. You know, Big Brother and Big Sister, the evidence shows that a child that goes through the program is – more well-behaved at home, higher grades at school, higher graduation rates, more likely to stay away from drugs and alcohol, and higher self-confidence. 
just from going through the program. Can't beat it. All right. uh, The actor Travis Van Winkle. The show is FUBAR on Netflix. That stands for Effed Up Beyond All Repair. There we go. All right. But the show obviously will not be that. It will be a good show uh, uh, or your money back. I can't say that, can I? No, you can't. Netflix gives you your yeah. money back. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway, thanks for joining us on KDX in depth. Thank we'll you. be back tomorrow at thanks, 1 p.m.